Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. A little brisk this morning. It's going to start warming up some. Um, kind of get some scattered sun today, partly cloudy. Be a nice day. And then... If we are lucky, we should get more than reasonable percentage chance of rain over the next five or six days. They're actually talking of rainfall in the inches category, which we really need. You know, the other day they were saying that for the month of January, we are behind already. Now, it was only like a tenth of an inch, not even a tenth of an inch. But we were so far behind last year. That's where it's really deceptive when they measure rainfall by the month. It doesn't, you know, maybe we get the right amount of rain for the month of January, but we didn't get the right amount for December or we won't get the right amount for June. It's really kind of hard to keep track of everything as to how bad are we when it comes to the rain. Now, we still have drought. Maybe that will go away, maybe, if we can get some rain. And starting tomorrow, the chances for rain go up pretty good. They have Monday listed as 100% chance of rain. That's, that's like guaranteeing that we're gonna get rain. That's that's pretty bold move on their part. Now, um, what should we be doing out there? It's a, it's a good day to be outside if you've got outside work to do. Well, I can tell you, I, people have been trying to contact me the last several weeks about, can I cut stuff back? Can I cut stuff back? If that is your desire, we finally got real freezes, actual hard freezes. Now I have a big, beautiful spread of lantana. I mean, it was green. I even had some blooms coming out on it. Well, I went and looked at it after we got the real cold weather, the 16 degree weather. It's all black now. It is just brittle and dead. And now I can go and cut it. I'm sure it's dormant. I'm sure that cutting it is not going to encourage it to produce new growth. The same is true for things like now your Esperanza, there should be no doubt about your Esperanza. Um, Mexican firebush. I have Duranta. Now, my Duranta's being kind of crazy. It's still very, very green, and it should not be. It, after these freezes, it should be like, please cut me down because this is the weather conditions that would have caused that. 
uh, I have Bettany, Texas Bettany, that's surviving the cold and actually blooming. I'm very impressed with it. But my almond verbena, nah, even the leaves got knocked off of that one. I have uh, rock rose, pavonia. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's done too. I could start trimming that. But here's the deal. Why? Why should I run out there right away and cut that? Is there something wrong? Will it cause a problem in the landscape if I don't cut it the minute I can? No, it will not. It will not. You have to remember these frozen plants, especially my lantana. Like I said, I got a pretty big mess of lantana. Um, it has become a safe place for the wildlife. Birds, rabbits, they're diving in there to stay out of the cold, to stay invisible, because there are a lot of predators right now looking for food. And birds and rabbits, well, they're food. So if I cut it down, I'm not helping anybody out. And I'm not suddenly going to have a better garden because I ran out there and cut stuff back before anybody else. No, 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 no. That's, that's just wrong. There is a reason that these plants die back like this. And generally it's to provide habitat. Seems weird, right? How can a dead plant provide habitat? It does it because it's places to hide, to be covered up. If it were a snow situation, it keeps them out of the snow. Someone, we, we talked last week about the fireflies, lightning bugs. And one of the things about them is they reproduce, they live in their habitat is dead leaves. So if you're constantly removing the leaves from your property, you're removing the habitat for the fireflies. And that's maybe why you don't see as many. We had an amazing year five years ago, maybe not even that long ago. I mean, NPR was doing reports on it because people had said, they had seen so many of these insects. The night sky was like flash bulbs going off. That's really cool. That looked fantastic. But that's only because they had habitat to reproduce. So if you're cleaning everything up immediately, you're taking that away. You're taking away fireflies. You're taking away butterflies that are overwintering that'll be the first to show up in the spring. I mean, you can go out now and look at your garden, look at your landscape, and you can see what needs to be trimmed, right? I mean, hard freeze showed up. We got stuff that looks terrible. We should trim it. No, we shouldn't. We're not in a hurry, all right? You are not 
damaging your landscape. You're not making it ugly. You are simply providing lots of habitat for things you want to have. Take a break. You don't have to run out there and trim stuff immediately. You're not helping, okay? Patience, patience. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I gotta take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. You know, some of you think it's still too cold to be outside, and I don't blame you. I mean, we're going to be mid-60s. You can bundle up. But it's going to be raining. It could be raining the rest of the week, Sunday through Friday. Every day could be raining. I'm not a big fan of being out in the rain. Just depends on what you got planned. Well, filled up a seed tray the other day so we can start seeds. And we ordered a new heat map. Mat, excuse me, not mat. A heat mat, which we roll out, set the tray on top of it, and can raise the temperature. Now, these things are only designed to raise the temperature 10 to 15 degrees above ambient, meaning if you keep your house at 72 degrees, they should raise the temperature to about 80, the soil temperature. And that's really gonna help promote some of the seeds we would be planting now. Peppers, uh, tomatoes, they're gonna want the warmer soil temperatures to be able to germinate faster and grow well. So it's a luxury. It's not a necessity. If you really uh, want to have one, great. But you do not you do not need one to be successful starting seed. Keep your seed tray in the warmest place you can, and that will help overcome the temperatures in your home. Those seeds. Tomatoes and peppers, they really want warmer temps. They uh, aren't big fans of the cold weather. So to get them to germinate, to get them to germinate faster and create better root mass, a heat map, a heat mat, keep saying map, a heat mat can be a nice addition. They're not particularly expensive, and of course, you can get one and then uh, roll it up and be able to uh, store it till next year when you'll need it. They're pretty good value if you're doing your own seeds. 
And remember, it's not just veggies you could start. There are so many flowers. You can start annual vines in a seed tray. Um, Black-eyed Susans, uh, morning glories. You could start them and transplant them when the weather is warm enough. Ironically, <laughs> I have, well, had, I haven't seen it yet since the freeze. I had a morning glory who had volunteered inside of my uh, purple lady slipper, Clematis. Now, the purple lady slipper is a native, and it's a very, very beautiful, super dark purple plant. <coughs> Excuse me. But we had planted it in a place where we had had a morning glory before. And it had been blooming as recently as right before the freeze. Ah, it's actually a purple leather flower. I called it a lady slipper. Sorry, that's a different plant. But uh, you can get these started too so that you're ready to go, particularly the vining plants. It's nice to get those done, get those started early, so the minute it's getting some warm weather, you can get them in the ground and really get them to grow large for you. Let's go to the phone. This is Matt. Matt, what can I help you with? Oops, Matt, we lost you. Sorry, call me back. Um, there's a lot of blooming plants, a lot of blooming plants. I like the annual vines, and if you can get them started to get them going really well, then you can have something that you're kind of ahead of the game this spring. And let them get really large. Let them get really big and large. Get a head start now. Okay, Matt's back. Matt, what can I help you with? Really big. Yes, good morning. Uh, if I buy some onion sets now how do I take care of them I can't put them outside it's too cold you put them outside they're okay in this cold really okay you mean in in the ground outside or just sure okay sure. in other words I can plant onion sets now yes you can okay well what's going to happen when, when they freeze or are they going to die or they they don't freeze. Okay. This is the normal Great. time you would be planting onions. Actually, okay. you're a little bit late, but you could do them now. Nurseries should have onion bunches in right now. But you yeah. can plant them in the ground, and they're really not much of a hazard to freeze. Okay. Great. And another on the question of starting seeds, you know, seed mat or a tray or whatever like indoors, they're not going to need a supplemental light, correct? Yes and no. If you can get them good, bright 
window light, put them in a southern oh, window, okay. yeah. they can manage. They may get a little leggy, but once yeah. you get them outside in the ground, they'll, they'll grow back and be fine. You can okay. purchase lights, uh, depending on what kind you want to use or how big you want, yeah. but artificial light can help. I have yeah. a small LED light, and it really makes a difference in the growth. Yeah, I have a a tubular grow light, two tube, but I also have an individual, real bright light. So I've, I've got indoor light. So I'll uh, I'll go ahead with the uh, onion sets in. Thank you. Yep. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call, man. That's something if you're a seed starter that you're going to ask the big question: Do I have to have light? to grow my seeds. Well, yes, they need light, but do they need you to go out and get a grow light? If you've got a window that gives good sun, that is really nice and bright, and you can keep the, the plants there, remember, you're probably gonna have to rotate them. They're all gonna lean to the light and you're going to have to turn it around maybe every day. But if they're getting decent light, they'll be fine. Um, you will see that certain plants will get really leggy, super tall, not lots of leaves on them yet. That is called etiolation. And it is a sign that they're not getting enough light. They're trying to grow tall to reach the sun. If your plants etiolate, meaning get really leggy, skinny, things like that, once they go in the ground and they get actual sunlight, they will overcome it. The stems will get bigger, they'll get more leaves on them, that doesn't cripple them. So long as they get regular light, when you get them in the ground, they'll be just fine. Do you need interior lighting? Do you need to get a grow lamp? That is up to you. It is possible. I have one that just covers a 50 cell tray. The one with 50 holes in it, when I turn that light on, it manages to put light on every one of those 50 cells. It's a LED, it doesn't produce heat, it doesn't take much power, and it does a fantastic job of really promoting those plants. There's lots of these types of light available now. They used to be hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But now they're readily available and nowhere near that expensive. But that's a choice if you really truly want to do that. You can manage by just keeping plants in a bright window. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour. We're going to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. 
Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, decent day to be working outside. Uh, someone just texted me and they were curious uh, when we do potatoes. Yeah, we're not far from that. Usually it's about the middle of July. We always tell people President's Day. So if you're looking for potatoes, I mean looking to plant them, you do want to get out there and really work the soil they're going to be going into. Want it nice and loose with good organic matter so that you're ready to go around the middle of February, around President's Day. Now, you can plant any organic potato. Let me explain. Sometimes the potatoes in the bins that you get or in the packaging, they can be sprayed with certain chemicals to keep them from sprouting. So if you buy a store-bought potato, I'm, folks, I'm gonna to say tomato a bunch of times, but I mean potato, um, you want to get an organic one so you don't have to risk planting something that's never going to sprout. So if I can get an organic potato, what's the difference between an organic potato and a certified seed potato? Okay. That's pretty simple too. Seed potatoes are certified. What they are checked for is a virus that will kill the plant or prevent it from producing potatoes. Really similar to the great potato famine problem. Wiped out all the potatoes wiped out a whole bunch of people. So a certified, a certified seed potato has been checked and guaranteed that that potato does not have the virus that will cause the problems for it. An organic potato is simply an organic potato is simply one that hasn't been sprayed with an inhibitor to prevent it from sprouting. So you have a choice. The nurseries will start getting seed potatoes in. You can go to your grocery store and pick up organic potatoes and use those as seed potatoes. Generally, you cut the potato in such a way that each piece of it 
has at least two eyes on it. Those little bumps, that's where they're going to sprout from. When you cut them, put them on a piece of paper, newspaper, and let them callous over. You want them to dry so that the cut parts aren't wet anymore. They're nice and dry. They're actually kind of have a skin over them. Now, if you want to help the potatoes and prevent diseases, when you cut them, roll them in some powdered sulfur. You don't have to cake it on there. You just need to dust it on those wounds. And as it dries out, the sulfur will help act as a disease preventative so that your potatoes won't be bothered by diseases. It's usually about four to five days after you cut them that they're ready to be planted. So take that into account if you're looking to plant seed potatoes. And you have to remember, there's like 2,000 different kinds of potatoes. We have yellow ones, orange ones, white ones, red ones, blue potatoes. We have big honking baking potatoes to little fingerlings, which are delicious, folks. It's tough to beat fingerlings in terms of potatoes. So don't, don't get set on just one kind. Use it as an opportunity to try something new. Potatoes are a staple crop. In Peru, they had so many varieties of them. That's where we get many of the ones that we have now. And again, well-prepared soil, crumbly, really break it up um, about eight inches deep, if you can get that deep. Add lots of organic matter to it. You want to put lots of good compost in that soil. Work it in well. You're going to have light, crumbly, three-day-old chocolate cake feeling to it. Then when you plant, if you cut your seed potato so that it has dried out, calloused over, if you dusted it with the sulfur in the process, it's ready to go in the ground. And in approximately 90 days, approximately, you're going to be harvesting potatoes. And they're going to be delicious. They really are awesome. We are talking what they call Irish potatoes. Solid tubers. We are not talking about sweet potatoes, yams. Those are completely different and we would not be planting them now many months from now we would be planting them right now is the standard irish potato and it can do well here you can get a very nice crop um, it would not be unusual to consider uh, one pound of planted potatoes 
a goal would be to get at least five pounds of harvested potatoes. Now that varies with each type that you plant, but that's not an unusual or unreasonable amount of produce. The production of potatoes can be really good. Now you have a couple of issues with potatoes. Fire ants love to bore into them and they'll ruin the potato. So do things like you can do spinosad drenches. You can do the come and get it bait in your garden. You can use beneficial nematodes to keep the fire ants away from the potato so that you get this really nice, gorgeous, uh, keepable. If you pull out a potato and it's blemish free, you can dry that potato out and you can store it up to 90 days. If you pull it out and it's got divots in it, soft spots, bugs have chewed into it, grubs love to get into them too, well that potato's probably not edible. So they don't require a tremendous amount of care while they're growing. If you do the work up front and prepare the beds properly so they uh, so that they can uh, cure, become a good, solid, storable potato. But it is something that will work in Texas. It will work. Go to the trouble to get the bed prepared correctly before you ever put a potato in it. Loose soil, lots of organic matter, blend it up good. You want about eight inches of depth. Plant that potato and wait till you start seeing them come up. It's a cool harvest to go to a potato, pull up the plant, and you've got a whole bunch of potatoes hanging on it. It's it's really, it's something that cheers you up when you put in that kind of effort and you get that kind of reward for it. And the potatoes are delicious. You can try so many different varieties that will grow here just fine. You got kids, let me tell you, nothing thrills the kids more than to eat them big purple potatoes. They taste just like potatoes. They just happen to be blue. So try them. Try them. Potatoes are a great crop. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a quick break. Um, we'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, it's going to be a cold day, okay? going to be a cold day, but we're going to have a beautiful week, and we have rain. 
We have the possibility of a decent amount of rain. We have so much rain possibility, they're probably going to be throwing up some flash flood warnings. So enjoy the rain, but be smart about it, okay? Let's go to the phone. This is Peter. Peter, what can I help you with? Hi, um, I listened to your show last weekend and you were talking about using the garbage cans to protect a tree. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do that to my bushes. I have two pineapple uh, guava bushes that I lost a couple of years ago in the freeze. Well, I, they went all the way down to the, to the, to the ground. And so I didn't want to have that happen again. So I took my two 60 gallon trash cans and flipped them over on top of the plants to protect them during the free, you know, this week of cold weather. I want to take them off now because I want them to get the sun and I want to take advantage of the rain that's coming and all that kind of stuff. Is today a good day to take that off? It, you know, we kind of passed the, the freezing at this point, at least for now. Um, I, so I'm just, you know, do I do it today? Do I do it tomorrow? Do I just leave them on through the winter? I, you know, I have no earth idea. Oh, no, no. Right. Don't leave them on through the winter. And it looks like at least the weather report that I'm looking at, the seven-day forecast, doesn't show hard freeze. Now, it says 31 tomorrow. Um, that's not enough to bother the, the pineapple guava. Not enough. So you can probably take those off, let them get real sunshine again, and let them soak up some rain for now. They don't show a freezing temperature again after tomorrow morning. So that's a good time to let them recover. For example, I had my orange moved into the garage. Well, the last couple of days have been above that freezing, so we pulled it back out of the garage. Last night, we moved it back in because it was going to be so cold. We'll pull it out again uh, today, probably. Maybe, yeah, today. And let it get its sunshine then. So what you did was great. You, you got them the protection. That doesn't mean you may not have to cover them again later. But you did the right thing, keep them going. So now you can probably uncover them and let them soak up rain, let them go and uh, get some sunshine and start to come back. Okay, that that sounds good. I, <clears throat> I'm just kind of afraid that once I pull the trash cans off, that all the leaves are going to have fallen off the plants. <laughs> That's what I was trying to uh, uh, you know, protect from. No, they shouldn't. You know, okay. you can take you can take a plant like that and you can cover it up for five days with zero sunlight and it should be okay. Once it okay. gets sun again. It may not look the best, but it should recover just fine. So your idea about those trash cans was really kind of cool because uh, I was able to take the trash cans, the two trash cans, and put them kind of back to back. There was enough space between the two plants where I could overlap the the covers or the doors on the on the trash cans, and then I put something heavy on the doors so they wouldn't blow away in the winds. And it, you know, from that standpoint, it worked perfectly. 
that was a really great idea that you passed out last week. Well, um, I had where I used to live. I had to purchase my own trash cans, and I had two. I don't know. Maybe they were forty gallon. Maybe fifty. Thin plastic. You know, wheels on them. No big deal. But man, they work great to cover up shrubs and things like that to keep them from freezing. So uh, it works. That's that's all I had to worry about was that it worked and it did a good job. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to uncovering my pineapple guavas and letting them start to stretch out and grow again. It will. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the information. Thanks for the thank you for the call, Peter. I'm glad that worked for you because it's really pretty simple to do. Yeah, folks. We talk about frost cloth, right? You you can't believe a five gallon bucket, a plastic kitty litter bucket. I got a ton of those. Um an old trash can, all of these things will work as cover for you to protect your plants. Now, not patting myself on the back too much, but if you look up Central Texas Gardener, there's a, I do this one little special on the, how useful a five-gallon bucket can be in your garden. From carrying fertilizer to distribute it, to covering plants, to harvesting. And you know, these buckets too, if we have storms coming through where they're talking about hail, and you know, we got some massive hail last year, these buckets can make all the difference if you have a particular specialty plant that you want to protect and the garbage can is the smallest thing that will work that will keep them from getting damaged from hail so frost cloth is great stuff it's simple it tends to be inexpensive it tends to last for long periods of time and it can help with the high wind situation, but it doesn't provide that much heat. And it surely does not protect from things like uh, hail. So, you know, having some extra buckets around can be worth every penny. Throw them on top of your plant, put a big old rock or brick or something like that on top, and it won't blow away. It will keep them warm and protect them from damage. So give more credit to a five-gallon bucket than you may now. And uh, we we have a stack of kitty litter buckets Um We put those to good use covering up plants. Last spring when we started our tomatoes, 
there were several times when it wasn't just about the cold, where it was about the chance of hail. And we could put the buckets over plants that were 12 inches tall, sometimes even bigger, just to prevent hail damage. So be thinking about things to do this way, thinking about tricks you can pull using stuff you already have that will help you get through bad weather. It can really improve your garden. It can really make, you know, you go to all this effort and some of the gun a hailstorm wipes out your crop. Or we get really serious winds and it breaks all the branches. Nope. There's a, there's a lot of innovative ways that you can put your mind to it and realize that you could protect those plants. And by protecting them, I mean cold, wind, rain, hail. Keeps them happy, keeps them growing. And if, if you are a cat owner and you get the buckets of kitty litter, you probably get lots of buckets in no time at all, right? Hey, stack them up nice and neat and keep them someplace and you can use them to start a garden or to protect a garden. It works really, really well. Pretty hard not to find a five gallon bucket too. They're everywhere. There are places that will give you five-gallon buckets. Um, so you have plenty of protection. You have plenty of ways to really get your plants with good performance. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up to the top of the hour, we're gonna break for the news. We'll catch you on the other side. 